Good evening, church, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Cole. I'm the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. This is Dan Spaeth. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. Uh, if you're listening to this on the Heart and Hands podcast, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. If you're watching this on Facebook, thank you so much. Make sure to like and share the video. That really helps us out. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, hey, why don't you support it? Partner with us in this ministry. Go to www www.churchofvictoria.com. We got a donate button there through PayPal. You can send us your tax-free donation. And hey, that'd be great. We'd love to partner with you as we continue to preach and teach the gospel Absolutely. every day. Um, we're going to be in Exodus, not Genesis. I almost no. said Genesis. <laughs> we'll, we'll get past Genesis before long. We're, 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 we're outside well, of Genesis. Yeah. yeah. We're going to be up in, here. Yeah. We're going to be Exodus. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. We're going to pick up after Moses has been taken up out of the water. I'm excited. It's going to be a great class. Brother, why don't you go ahead and pray for us? Father in heaven, thank you so much for the power of the word. Uh, thank you for the power of the opportunity that we have today to, to reach into it and study it and, and learn from it. Uh, Father, we, uh, we pray that you give us the strength to always stay faithful to what you tell us to do. Father, help us to never, uh, never back down, never back away, but always stay focused and going forward towards you. Uh, we know, Father, that you're an awesome God, and we know that uh, that you you demand of us obedience. Help us to help us to be willing to do that every day. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. So before we get started, we're going to be in Exodus chapter two, verse eleven. But be- before we jump over there, let me ask you, brother. Mm-hmm. Have you ever just seen the problem, know what the solution to the problem is, and then execute the solution? And then end up with egg on your face. <laughs> I'm an elder in the Lord's church. What do you think? What do you think the answer is? <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I've, I've seen problems in people's lives before. I've seen problems in my own life. Know what the solution is. Uh, try to do it, and it just doesn't work out. You know, it it just you know it just doesn't seem to it just doesn't seem to work for some reason. And, and, you know, people take it wrong. You know, if you're married and you see a solution to a problem and you got a, <laughs> a solution, you got to an answer to fix it and you fix the problem. You think you fixed it. And, and mama is not happy the way you fixed it. And now you're, now you're, uh, now you got, you still got the problem and now you got mama's mad now. So yep. now you've got two problems. So I don't know if egg on your face would be uh, really what the, the right answer, but you know, Coming up with two problems, yeah, it, it, I've seen it happen. It's happened to me a lot of times. Yeah, I think it's a part of the growing process. You know, we, we know what a, what a problem is, and, uh, you know, we, we know what the solution is. Uh, you know, I mean, you need, you, you need more money in your household. I know what the solution is. Maybe I have to take a part-time job. So I don't take a part-time job, and then I don't spend any time with my kids. Well, that blows up in your face. So there's a, it's a balancing act. What do I do? How do I work this? So, I mean, from, from what it sounds like to me is oftentimes we don't actually know the solution. Well, we, we have don't. a solution. We, th- we, th- we, have, we have a mindset of what a solution should look like and what we think it should look like. Many times it isn't because we don't, we don't consult God first. Mm. We don't let God give us the answer. <clears throat> I told somebody just the other day, I said, you need, it, it's time for you to back off and just start praying about it. And one of the things we had in our, you know, this will be seen in a couple of weeks, but, but, uh, you know, our, our small group, we talked about discipleship and, and, uh, and JG brought up, uh, that we need to, I said, what we need to do to be the better, better disciples and disciple better. And he said, we need to start praying. And I said, that's a great, that that's awesome. 
we need to start praying about it. You know, if I'm if I'm not, if I don't have a, a, a good mindset with something, then maybe I need to start praying about it. I told somebody else there, there, that, uh, that I talked to uh, that is, has something specific on this day that we're recording, this day. Uh, we're recording Monday morning, but they're, this morning they're, they're somewhere with a, with a life-changing thing going on in their life. And I said, no matter what happens, you need to trust God and just pray about it. And pray that God's going to give you the strength to deal with it, to deal with what's going to, have to, what's going to happen this morning. Hmm. And, uh, you know, so, and I think that we forget to do that. I think we get so caught up in the solution, we think we got the answer. And then it blows up in our face because it really wasn't the solution. We really didn't consult God. We didn't consult the word. We didn't look at the word, see what God, what people had already. You know, and that's so important, consulting the word. You know, I mean, especially like, you know, I think about especially that family dynamic that not having enough money, right? And then, you know, well, what's the solution? I go get a part-time job and then I don't spend any time with my kids. You know, Malachi makes it very clear that God desires godly offspring. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, he wants godly marriages to have godly offsprings. This is mm -hmm. the, the yeah. concept, right? And more people in the church is what he's looking for, right? Um, now, obviously, that's an extrapolation from Malachi, but still. Um, and so if you know that's the plan, right? Mm-hmm because you know what the word says you know that's the plan that's what god wants then the goal the end goal isn't to make more money the end goal with your family is to bring raise up godly offspring and so now the question now that you have the right paradigm right you have that right choice it's not money it's godly offspring well what is the well, how am i going to do this right well and they in malachi they'd gotten to the point where where they had made money and they were stealing from it they weren't given to him <laughs> yeah they weren't given to him so he, he, he he want he wants godly offspring but he wants a godly offering too oh yeah he wants sure, a, that's in the there, people yeah. to give a godly well, offering. And they were they were jipping him on the uh you know we say jipping him like he was like well he said he no he says he says you're no, stealing from he me, said yeah. you're stealing from me yeah that's so his point there. god has a god has a mindset about giving that we don't have right we think well, I give him what's left. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. He said, "I want what's first. Well, and it's why, you know, and, and comedians have have ridiculed Christianity for this, for for years and years and decades and and you know, long time. But why why does God want you to give? It's not because he needs the money. No, he created everything. You know, the the money is made out of cotton. You know, our well, our, our dollar bills are anyway. But money is made out of paper and cotton and all these things. God God isn't confused. This stuff grows out of the ground. You know, does money grow on trees? No, it grows on on a plant though. It does grow <laughs> from the ground. Um, so it's God isn't confused about. It. He doesn't want money. But when you give to him, it communicates that you trust him because you're saying. I can do without. You've given me all of this, and yeah. I can do without yeah. because I know yeah. where it comes from. And 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 coming back part full of circle, it. full circle. We yeah. make decisions based on a human mindset, and and not looking to God's word, and not in prayer of trying to find out what God's mindset is. Yeah, and that's what we're trying to do here. And it works both ways. Not only do you need to know what the word says, but you also need His help to to process it correctly sure i mean you know we look at the pharisees and the sadducees and one of the biggest divisions between those two groups god said in the covenant at sinai which we're getting to here mm -hmm. you know we're gonna get to for a long he said part the terms of the covenant at sinai is you're going to obey my voice well his voice was spoken two ways it was spoken through the covenant and it was spoken through prophets mm -hmm. which is why the jews had to obey the the standard was we obey the law and we obey the prophets well the sadducees by the time jesus had come on the scene didn't believe in the prophets mm -hmm. that was their way of getting out of it they said well the prophets don't you know angels the prophets all that stuff we're not gonna we don't have to listen to any mm -hmm. of that and the pharisees of course believed in all of that but even so 
you know, Christ on the Sermon on the Mount said, well, unless your righteousness surpasses the Pharisees, notice the Sadducees didn't even make it in the running, but, (laughs) you know, unless your righteousness surpasses the Pharisees, you'll not enter into the kingdom of God. I mean, he made it really clear. And that was a shocking statement. That was, we read the gospels and we figure out real quick that the Pharisees are, are, aren't good guys, that they're hypocrites and all these things. Because the protagonist, Christ, is telling us this. Mm-hmm. But for the people of the day, the Pharisees were viewed as as the party of righteousness. They were viewed as, you know, God's gift to the world, kind of. So it's not just knowing what the book says and believing that it is the word of God, because the Pharisees obviously did that. It's also having that proper understanding of what is God trying to accomplish and seeking his will in prayer, mm-hmm. something very few Pharisees did. So it's a very interesting Sadly, dynamic. Sadly, I think it's what very few Christians do today. Yeah, probably. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't, I hate dealing in generalities, but I'm not, I'm also not an elders and elder in the Lord's church. Been doing this for 30 years. When, uh, you know, sometimes the answers are obvious. God makes them, makes them where, where a rock could understand. And we miss them for some reason. Why is that? Because we're not paying attention. We're not talking to him. We're not communicating. And when we're not, and, and when we do, we're not, we're trying to tell him what to do and not asking him what to do. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, I mean, you know, yeah, we get a solution. That's why we get egg on our face because we got a solution. Here's, here's a guy's going to got a solution, right? And it's not, it's not going to, it's going to, it's going to blow up in his face. You know, his solution is I'll fix this. Well, you know, why don't we start reading it and see what happens? All right, let's let's get into it. Yeah, let's let's get an object lesson in. So we're in Exodus chapter two, verse eleven. One day after Moses had grown up, so we're just going to skip his life. Um, the, we're yeah, not, it, we're, we don't you know, know anything about what happened with Pharaoh's daughter. Nope, none of that. No idea. But we do know, <laughs> we do know later on that he was trained to be an Egyptian. Yes. Yes. He was trained in all the laws of the Egyptians. Yes. So he knew, but he was also being trained. We know he was being trained by his mother who nursed him probably for three years of his life, maybe longer. Mm-hmm. I don't know when they weaned him, but, you know, uh, I know she had a definite impact. And so she was coming to, to Pharaoh's house to, you know, or taking this boy. And then, and th- there was a, there, we're gonna don't see, you think there was a camaraderie between these two women? I, I, yes, there, there must have been, because we're going to see, at least it, it would seem so from our perspective, based on what the text yeah. says, because okay. we're going to see very clearly that Moses cares for his people. They know, he knows He's a Hebrew. He's not confused. He's no, not he sitting knows there. That. Yeah, he's not he's sitting there thinking that. he's an Egyptian. Yeah. He knows he's a Hebrew. So somebody taught him that. Yeah. Somebody showed him that. And apparently it had it had an impact on him. But we're gonna fast forward his whole life here. He just got pulled out of the water, you know, as an as an infant. And yeah. now he's now he's an adult. So one day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Looking this way and that, seeing no one, ah, the solution. He has the answer. <laughs> I got a solution. I got a solution. I to figured this. it out. What the answer is? What can in, I do? In you know, and this is huge. Oh, you know, kill him. So this is injustice. He sees injustice occurring. How often? I mean, especially today in so, 2021. We just said <laughs> we don't know much about his his life. We do know now. We do know that he knew right from wrong. Mm. He was taught that. Mm-hmm. He knew that what was happening was was illogical and was it was wrong and so he's got to find a solution and as an egyptian and he's hebrew so he's been trained on both sides now he's in a state of confusion all right because as a hebrew he wouldn't have had the right 
okay, or wouldn't would have wouldn't have been taught the right to just step in and kill somebody, okay. But as an Egyptian, maybe he was, maybe that was acceptable behavior from an Egyptian's person. I don't know that. Well, I don't. I, so I don't know. But the text says, looking this way and that and seeing no one. So he knows this isn't the right this is response. Not, it's not good. This is. He knows that it's wrong. It's wrong. And I think Acts chapter seven talks about this just a little bit with Stephen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what he was doing was he was trying to foment rebellion. I think that's what he was doing here. He was trying to what? Foment rebellion. Explain. Uh, start a rebellion. That's more like it. I'm sorry. That's more Start like a it. rebellion. He's trying you're, to start a rebellion. You start using all these big fancy words and I, I don't have any clue. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know. Start a rebellion. He's trying to right. kick off a rebellion. And let's look at Acts 7 real quick. We're in Acts, 7, cha- uh, chap- Acts chapter 7, verse 23. That's Acts chapter 7, verse 23. Stephen, who is in, standing before the Sanhedrin, who has been accused of blasphemy of the temple, mm-hmm. um, is now speaking. Now, Christ promised his disciples that when they were dragged before these people, they didn't have to worry about what to say. The Spirit was going to give them the words. And so we see this happen with Stephen. When Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his own people, the Israelites. Stephen, speaking through the Spirit, is saying this. He saw one of them being mistreated by an Egyptian, so he went to his defense and avenged him by killing the Egyptian. Look at verse 25. Moses thought that his own people would realize that God was using him to rescue them, but they did not. Well, to them, he's an Egyptian. Right. Of course, we're going to see that in the text. But my, my point is, Moses was trying to overthrow the lawful government on his own. That's really what he was doing here. He, Do you he think thought, that's what he thought about he doing? He thought to himself, look, look at what Stephen says. Moses thought that his own people would realize that God was using him to rescue them. These, this, is a, this is a huge group of people that have been I, enslaved. I understand that. He's kicking off the civil war in Egypt. <laughs> how, did he, how did he come up with this? How did he come? What he? What are you, what are you talking about? How we did do he, it all the time. But how did he come up? This is a big plan. This, this, this is a big a plan. Huge solution. I don't I, think. Now hold on. I'm not saying that. I guess. I guess. Let me. Let me be a little bit more precise in my wording. I don't think that he's in a basement somewhere. You know, planning out. Okay, and I'm gonna kill this Egyptian over here, and these guys are gonna take this over here, and like it's a it's a full on war. But I think it sounds to me from Stephen, it sounds like he really thought. That this killing this Egyptian would be the the rallying cry for his people for them to realize that God was gonna save them through him. We don't see Joseph here. That's right. No, we don't see Joseph here. <laughs> this guy's gonna take it upon himself That's right. to fix a solution where Joseph just trusted God. That's right. In whatever situation he was in. And we've talked about that's not a passive action no you know we've talked about that a lot in genesis what putting your trust in faith there is a time for action and that'll happen in moses's story yes god says it "It is time now yeah but it's not a passive action to say i'm going to trust and pray and wait until i know that god is saying go Mm -hmm. moses thought that that time was now apparently well i like it goes on it tells us some more about his his life okay Mm -hmm. Where it says Are we in verse, Acts seven? Yeah, if okay. you go back, it says to verse twenty one. He says, "When he was placed outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him and brought him up to to, to be as her own son." Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. So he was a mighty guy. We're going to come back and look at that when he's standing before the bush. Yeah, <laughs> but he was a mighty guy. <laughs> so we, we're trying to d- dissect what happened in his early life because all we have is is 
three months nursing. That's it. And adult. now he's an adult. adult. Right. And so we're talking, let's find out what, what we know part of it now. He was being trained as an Egyptian and trained in all of their, you know, and, and these were not stupid people. Egyptians weren't stupid people. Mm -mm. No, 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 no. They were the, in, in point of fact, they were the mightiest kingdom at this time. Yeah. They were the, they were the most advanced. They were the most powerful. They, they were the figured out how to do block. some things yeah. that, that, uh, they figured out way before that's time. Yes. They were, they were a mighty nation. There's no question. They had some really intelligent people doing some really intelligent stuff. Sure. You know, so, uh, you know, so we get a picture here of, of, of what's going on in his head. Uh, the solution's wrong. The solution but is he, wrong. But he does think his people are going to understand. So he's got a mindset. So where'd he learn that from? Oh, mighty one, where do you learn that from? Where do you, where do you learn that that he was going to put himself he, in that place? I think he grew. Uh, I don't think he grew up in Pharaoh's household. He grew up as a prince of Egypt. In fact, there is a movie, a very popular cartoon called The Prince of Egypt. And while how accurate it is, how accurate it is, I think it it portrays one aspect, one possibility of of how these events unfolded. Um, he grew up as a prince of Egypt, and I mm -hmm. think to a certain certain degree, he was he was bred to rule. And that's what he he's making he's making all the rulership decisions here, right? Mm -hmm. You know he knows it's still wrong. He looks this way and that, but he says, "I'm judge, jury, and executioner, executioner over this Egyptian." I, 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 what I'm wondering is, is how much has he been trained to know his own people and who trained him? Well, enough that he's aware of who God is. Yeah, and we're and and he's aware. He's, he's aware, aware enough who that his people are. His, his people are, and he's aware enough to know that God is going to deliver them. Somebody's to taught him this. Somebody's taught him that. But Joseph, I mean Joseph, before he died, made it very clear that God was going to come through on his promises. Remember Abraham's yes. that promise mm -hmm. to Abraham in Genesis was at fifteen. He says, "Look, they're going to go down and be slaves." Well, you know what I'm saying? We don't know, but but this right. is the, this, when you read between the lines in any text. When you read between the lines, you look at it and you say, "Okay, there's something going on here that I don't have answers to. I don't have any. God has not chosen to to give us this, but we Correct. can learn some things from this as we go along, and we can surmise. You know, I don't think in error that there are some things that have gone on in Moses' life in his early life up until an adult, probably until he's about thirty. Uh, things that we don't know anything about. Well, but he we was could... he was trained to be a prince. He was trained in Pharaoh's household. He was Pharaoh's daughter's son, adopted son. But somebody was training him on the outside too. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you for sure we see that. Absolutely, absolutely, we see that. Somebody because Pharaoh's daughter was not training him about God. No. Well, probably not. I mean, it's or not which God. Well, and who knows? And who knows what that relationship we were just talking about. Um, we were just talking mother. about with his mother and, and the, the relationship that his mother and Pharaoh's daughter could have had. Who knows what At what, what point then. does he know it's his mother? There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions. Well, there's a lot of questions are not answered. In all the texts, a lot of questions are not answered. We don't know. How did he know his sister? How did he know his mother? How did he, His you know, brother. Who, his brother. Who told him that these were... Did his mother tell him that you're really my son? I, I don't know. But it seems like there's some things been told to him that he knows as he an knows, adult. Yes, he knows that have that have sure. sparked it. Because if he trained as just an Egyptian prince, he doesn't step in here. He doesn't care. That's right. Because these are these are peons. These are slaves. What but that Egyptian's doing to that in Hebrew this is, is how, justified. This is how an Egyptian prince would react, though, and that's the, that's what I'm pointing out is 
he looks at this situation and like a like royalty he he is judge jury and executioner over I, this situation. i understand but he would not take the hebrew side if right. he was an Egyptian oh, prince. i'm not i'm not in any way trying to say that his sole education is is within I'm just trying to figure context. out because you know I, I'm a, I, you know, I want to read between the lines. I want to find sure. out what's good. What do the smells smell like? You know, what do they see when they look in the river? You know, I, I want to see that stuff, and it's uh, and it can get you in trouble, but it can also make you try to fill in gaps. And I, I just want to know what is what 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 was going on. Somebody is talking to him. Somebody's training him. I think it's probably his mom. I think his mom has a relationship with him. I think right. she developed that relationship. I think she developed a relationship with, with Pharaoh's daughter. And I think she's been like a midwife, like a, not a midwife, but a, like a surrogate, maybe a nanny. She's been a nanny for the, for this lady. This, maybe she's a slave to in Pharaoh's house now. Oh, uh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah that could what, be. And now, so here's the adopted mother and the mother. Well, he's certainly getting an education. It would seem on both sides. There, I don't think he knows too much. He knows too much. I agree. He knows too much. So okay. in verse 14, uh, oh, excuse me. Let's back We're that up We're never going to get through with this chapter. Hey, man, this is, this is good. This is good text, man. Let's, it is. let's get into it. Looking this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian. So he knew it wasn't right to kill the guy. Mm -hmm. But I, I do think this smacks of royal authority. Well, abuse look at what he says authority. Yeah, and hit him in the sand. And he right. hit him in the sand. Right. So he so buried this guy. He buried. He killed him, buried him. And that, yeah. And well, why'd he bury him? If he thought this was a righteous uh, thing to do, he wouldn't have buried him. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't think this is a righteous thing to do. He but knows I, it's wrong. But he knows it's wrong. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay, so in verse 13, the next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong. So he kills this guy, buries him, and he goes home back to the palace. Uh-huh. Okay. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? Verse 14, the man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Uh-oh. Then Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must have become known. He, did, he didn't look hard enough around the corners, did he? He didn't look behind the bushes. Somebody was watching him kill that Egyptian. That's right. And they're waiting to use it on him. Ooh. Well, and imagine if you're thinking that the people are going to embrace you as God's deliverer, and instead, <laughs> and did, and instead the inmates are all pointing at you yep. to the warden behind your back. Who, hey, who did it? He did it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I want more, you know, snacks at the snack machine, right? This is a guy. Um, so then Moses was afraid and thought what I did must have become known. When Pharaoh heard of this, and he's not wrong. <laughs> when Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. So, you know, Pharaoh's... There's a lot going on in a couple of verses. Man, my mind is swimming here. You know, so so he goes and he tries to break up two Hebrews. They They... Say, who are you to do? You know, so somebody already has told Pharaoh. So maybe more than one person has already known. Because this is the next day. It so, says, does it say, it says the next day? No, yeah, says, the next day the, went out. So the next day he went out, but he says, what I did must have, he was afraid and thought what I did must have become known. So he's in this place, the way I read it, he's in this place where he's like, oh no, what I thought was going to happen didn't happen. They're not accepting me. They're accusing me. Oh my gosh, what if people find out? Well, maybe nobody will find out. And then it says in 15, when Pharaoh heard of this. So we don't know how long passed. We don't know what amount of time passed here before Pharaoh learned of what he did. Let me ask you, did, you know, in, in our lives or in your life and you're, and you're outside the realm of God, mm -hmm. you're living a life pretty chaotic, you know, life's, life's up and down, turmoil's up and down. You come to God Okay, and God starts straightening all the crooked spaghetti, starts straightening the strings out in your mind. 
Isn't it chaotic? Sure. Isn't it, isn't it kind of overwhelming? Yeah. And I think that's going on here too. He sees there's things he needs to do and he knows, but he doesn't know how to go about it. Mm. And now he's caught. That's a good point. Now he's done something now that was not in accordance with God's will. He it's should not, not have done it that this way. This Egyptian he killed, let's not, let's, you know, it, it was that wrong. That was wrong. It was wrong. And it, it was wrong. This man, this Egyptian has made in the image of God. All mankind is made mm -hmm. in the image of God. Mm -hmm. You know, Cain is a murderer, right? Not, not Abel. Abel is murdered. You know, Cain is the murderer, not Seth. And so, and we know that Cain is of the evil one. Yep. Just like we'll look at the Pharisees in, in the Gospels and, we'll, and Jesus will tell them in John with no uncertain terms, your father father's the devil. Yeah. Because he was a liar and murderer yeah. from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Liars and murderers are spawn of Satan, not God. Yeah. And so this man, I think you're absolutely right. He knows what God has promised. It's just like Abraham and Sarah. Abram and Sarai again with Hagar. We know what God has said. We know, we know what he's promised, but... Don't you yeah. know we're gonna have to we're gonna have to handle this ourselves? Yeah, you know that's what he's doing here. It's yeah. the same thing. Well, I just it just seems like there's so much going on at one time, and it, you know it says when Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. You know he tries to kill him. So his you know, his adopted I, he must, he not, grandfather. He, yeah, he must not be as enamored with Moses as the daughter is. Well, and think about it too, Pharaoh. The whole reason Pharaoh's trying to kill these people is exactly the thing that Moses is doing. Yeah. You know, what if they rise up and start attacking us? Yeah. You know, so they, yeah. this has got to be like Pharaoh's worst nightmare. Now I've got a Hebrew who's educated, who's trained to be a prince of Egypt, who knows all these things, who's not a slave. But, but you have to understand, there's been a lot of Pharaohs that come and gone because because they, they've been there for 400 years. This didn't just happen overnight. They well, didn't, no, no, no. This Pharaoh, but this is the Pharaoh that doesn't know. Yes, I know. I know that. Yeah. I know that. But they've been in bondage. It says they were enslaved for four hundred years. Mm -hmm. All right. So that this Pharaoh is just a, one of a long line of Pharaohs that have come along. Right. This one doesn't know doesn't know anything about Joseph or any of that. But Joseph's been dead a long time. Right. It's been a long time ago. But it's this Pharaoh who has expressed that concern that the Hebrews might rise up in rebellion, and it looks like Moses is trying to do just that. So you're telling me that only through this Pharaoh. That they were in bondage. No, I'm saying that it's this that the text indicates that it's this Pharaoh who um, tried to kill the children and expressed a. a I understand that. I understand that. But they've already been in bondage for a long time. Mm, maybe. I'm not. I'm not certain. Well, then why does the text? Why does the text say that they were in bondage for 400 years? Well, where does it say that? Well, I have to go find it. Okay. I mean, this just came up, but I will find it. Okay, you find it. They, they they were in bondage for 400 years. That might, I, I think I know the text you're referring to. And that might be a more of a metaphor. It would seem in Exodus. Oh, here we go again. We're back in Ecclesiastes again? Maybe. It, well, it would seem in Exodus that it is this Pharaoh, the Pharaoh who, you, you uh, can, and then a new king. You can Jesus, bet next week is, we're going to talk about 400 okay. years. This is Exodus chapter 1, verse 8. It says, then a new king to whom Joseph meant nothing came to power in Egypt. Mm -hmm. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them or they will become even more numerous. And if a war breaks out, we'll join our enemies, fight against us and leave the country. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor and they built Pithon and Ramses. But the more they oppressed, the more they multiplied. They made their lives bitter and harsh. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, this is this, as this seems to be the same God. The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not this verse 19. I, I understand all that. Right. But I'm going to go find the, the 400 years. Okay. All right. I'm going to find it. I don't know it now, but I'm going to go find it. Well, and in chapter two, and I'm looking at this again with that with that in mind. And in chapter two, there could be a break here. There could be a break between the the Pharaoh of chapter one. The text doesn't in, doesn't necessarily indicate in chapter two that it's the same. Weren't pharaoh. the pharaoh? Weren't the pharaohs 
usually a seed line or could have been a seed line where they, they were yeah they, there was a lineage so sure. there was a lineage just like in the hebrew sure you know, so so this could have been you know a one one pharaoh rule for 50 years another one rule for uh, Abs- and that's what i'm sh- and it I'm, could have been this could have been saying. fourth or fifth son down the road i i'm looking at it looking at the text very briefly here in one and two and i'm going you know what you, you've got a point i know the text says that i can't remember where it says it that they were in bondage for 400 years so i'm looking at the text and i'm going the text would allow for for that understanding between chapter one and chapter. I, you've two. got to, when you study the scriptures, you've got to look at everything, you got, and you got to connect the dots. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and if you don't have an understanding, then you got to say, okay, I don't know how it worked. Sure. But it did because God said it did. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, I don't. I'm not so, disputing that. So what we're looking at here is we're looking at the at the beginning of the end of the 400 years. Yes. That's what we're looking oh, at. Oh yeah, for sure. This is the beginning of the end. Yes. You know, whatever time frame, whatever pharaohs were involved, here is the beginning of the yes, end. Yes, absolutely. You know, absolutely. The, Moses is going to be gone for 40 years, all right? So, but it is the beginning. In God's time frame, it's the beginning of the end. So it very well could be that that interpretation would be fine. There is, there is no, it does not, the text does not necessitate the same pharaoh between chapter no, one and doesn't. chapter two. it doesn't. It doesn't. That was, uh, that was something that I had understood, but it doesn't have to be that way. So we could be dealing with a different pharaoh. Obviously the same pharaoh. Oh, obviously we are. Obviously the same pharaoh's uh, pharaoh who had the daughter who picked and, up And Moses. you have to understand, these are nobodies to them. So everybody in that country would have gotten very quickly been enamored with. But either way, if, if we're dealing with different pharaohs from chapter 1 to chapter 2, the pharaoh that initiated this bondage, the pharaoh that initiated this this slave and everything, certainly taught his 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 children why they're doing this, why they've enslaved this people, and taught the whole nation. That's right. So so because remember it said, don't tell them you're shepherds. Remember, mm-hmm. because, because they're detestable. Because you're the they're t- so now these people coming in are already detestable. They come in. Not everybody knows about Joseph. And not a, not all the Egyptians. They're looking around, saying, "What the heck's going on here? Well, who are these people coming in? You know, is this an invading army? You know." And now they're enamored with them. And now the pharaohs are coming in and saying, "Yeah, these people ain't no good. You be be careful, of these people. They're detestable. These are shepherds. Don't you know about them? They're right. ugly and they're dirty. Yeah. You know. And so so they put them off as second class citizens, and they shun them and put them off into a box somewhere." The mindset of Egypt is is in play here too, somewhat. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's not just the mindset of the Egypt; it's it's our mindset. It's the yeah. concept of uh, the other. We hate the other, and the other is anybody who's not like us. Yeah. And that's every culture. Every culture does we're, that. I we're spent suspect look, of them. I spent time in Korea, and don't don't get me wrong. I love the Korean people. I love uh, the South Koreans are great, and you know the North Koreans are enslaved. But you know the Korean people are a great people. But I, you know, I seen plenty of prejudice coming from koreans they're better than the japanese and the chinese you know and i've seen it from japanese people who would say that they're better than koreans and they're chinese than the chinese um i've i've seen it over and over again all throughout southeast asia and and the rest of asia excuse me um i've seen it all throughout that area i've seen it all throughout mexico where you know mexicans would say well i'm better than this people i'm better than that. and i've seen it in our country i've seen it doesn't. It doesn't so matter. It's a, country, it's a it's human, a human nature, problem. It's a human nature. We problem. look at the other and whoever that other is in our minds. It could be a class issue, right? In Marxism, it hits on the class issue. It hits on the issue between rich it and poor. In Jacob's family, it happened to ja- the, our own family can become the others to us, right? Yeah. And so, this it's this concept of 
I don't like this person. They are the other. They are in my mind for whatever reason. And so because I don't like them, because they're not like me, because they don't look like me or talk like me or sound like me or in my same socioeconomic circle than me, whatever. They are the other and I hate and, them. And then Jesus comes along and and stops at a well and talks to a woman who is the other. Who is the other for Jews, and, yeah. And, and she says, the don't Samaritans. you know who I am? Don't, don't you know? Not only is she a Samaritan, but she's a woman. Yeah. Don't you know? And he, and then he tells her all about her, and she goes and gets the whole town, and the whole town's converted. I know. You know? I mean, Jesus brought us another way of looking at the other people. She was, I love that text in John chapter 4. She was the other, I mean, in every possible category, Samaritan, woman, religion, mm -hmm. vastly the other. And yet Jesus looks at her and says, it's not about any of that. Yeah. It's about this. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty yeah. cool. So Pharaoh heard of this. He tried to kill Moses. Uh, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian. You know, what in the world? This, this, it's, it's, it's going, man. Mm -hmm. um, Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian where he sat down by a well. So he went all the way to Midian, ran away. I mean, this is this is like a month's long journey mm -hmm. that 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 Moses is undertaken here, and it's it's over in a couple of sentences. Well, I mean, I guess we shouldn't be too shocked. The narrator here jumped from drew him out of the water to one day he's an adult. Yeah. So you know, from line to line. Uh, so he's fled. He's in a new land. He's gone from ruler of Egypt to sitting by a well. Yeah. All right. Now, a priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and fill the troughs to water their father's flock. Some shepherds came along and drove them away, but Moses got up and came to their rescue. He's he he's got a hero complex. No, this guy's got an attitude. He does. I like this guy. He got attitude, man. <laughs> he's he's not a fan of injustice. No, he's not a he he's a he's a I'm not gonna say a bully. He but he's he's a tough guy. He doesn't like injustice and he's gonna get up and he's gonna yeah, do something he, about kinda, it kind of yeah i guess you're right is he, this the first texan is this what the first texan that's kind of <laughs> how texans deal with things isn't it <laughs> are you you know he's grabbing his you know he's grabbing his gun he sees some injustice going ain't grabbing his gun this is castle doctrine almost you know what i'm saying like i mean as a texan i get behind this guy i like i like what I like this guy's guy. doing he's you know, he you sees, know, sees guy, an Egyptian these, these killing a slave. Come, and he's going to step in and these do shepherds something. Shepherds come along and, and and run these little women off, and yeah. we're going to we're going to step in and solve the problem, aren't yeah. we? Gosh, how you know? But let's 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 pump the brakes a little bit because this is culturally we see this. Yeah, we see yeah. this in 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 people. I, I see this in this this desire in myself. How important is it to slow the roll? how how important is it to stop and go i need to think about that you know we have a safety team here at mm -hmm. central and uh they do a great job and a lot of their job is keeping incidents from happening mm -hmm. they're ready in the in if something happens but that's not the goal the goal isn't just to be ready if something happens the goal is how do we stop this situation yeah. from occurring yeah you know, in the state of Texas, we the, the castle doctrine and and self the self defense laws we have allow us great leeway to use lethal force to stop the commission of a felony. And while that may be the law of the land, the question we as Christians have to ask: What is appropriate? Because mm -hmm. look, someone stealing your truck—that's a felony. Mm -hmm. 
According to the law, you can use lethal force yep. to stop that. Mm -hmm. But as a Christian, is that appropriate? Well, that's a, something that, that Moses had to figure out on his own. That's right. He had to come to, to, come to understanding that. I've had to come to understanding that. You have, and so have all the guys on the safety team. They've had to, they've had to wrestle well, the with guys that. Well, the, the guys of the safety team aren't, aren't stopping people from stealing trucks. No, 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 that's, no, no, that's no, no, not... no, no, that's not. No, that's not. But, but they've, had to, they've had to wrestle with the fact of what am I going to do if... And I'm not trying to directly compare the two. That's apples and oranges. What the safety team is doing in the heart that the safety team has is 100% righteous. We lock the doors during the assembly. We put signs up mm -hmm. and make it very clear that, that we do protect people here. Yeah. And so we, we've we taken the steps that are appropriate to try to ward these issues off, absolutely. which I think is the God. I don't think that is the godly attitude absolutely, to take. Absolutely. My, you don't stand out in the parking lot with an AR. My point yeah. is... The laws of Texas, I mean, just like what Moses is doing here, the laws of Texas give us great latitude to defend ourselves, our property, and our family. When is it appropriate for a Christian to do that? And what I'm saying is it isn't appropriate for a Christian to shoot someone who's trying to steal their truck. Mm -hmm. That's not right. Mm -hmm. God does not, I don't care what the law says, God has a higher, puts a higher standard mm -hmm. in place. Mm -hmm. That's not okay. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, someone steals your cloak, give them, give them. Give them this as well. If someone steals this, give them this. But, you know, the, the the training, the training that, that I went through, part of it, not sure. all of it, but I went through some of it, the guy that came and trained them was very specific about those very things. Sure. About making sure that what you're doing is the right thing to do. Right, yeah. At the right time. And that's, and that's as Christians, that's what we have to do. Mm -hmm. We've talked about, you know, all throughout. Think about the question. Mm -hmm. The question was, we think we have the solution mm -hmm. here. Moses is is a guy with a he's got a box of solutions. Yeah. <laughs> he's got the answer. This happens to be that some most of them aren't going to work. Most of them aren't going to work. Yeah. And as Christians, we've got to take a step back. Now here was one though. He doesn't say he killed anybody. He just says he ran them off. He ran them off. Now how did he run them off? I mean, he's got a group of shepherds come up, tough guys. Okay, these are these are these are, these are nomads. They're they're desert dwellers. I mean, are they're they're shepherds? They they were out in the field. They're, they're you know David said I've killed a lion and killed a bear. You know, so they have to protect the flock. Sure. And so they're tough guys. And here's here's uh, Moses and he runs them off. And don't and don't misunderstand. I'm not saying he's necessarily wrong in what he's doing here. What matters more than in especially in this situation, what matters what what the question is is the intent. Where is his heart at while he does these things? That's that's a huge question. And I don't know. And I'm not trying to pass mo judgment on Moses. I'm just trying to point out Moses is a guy with a box of solutions and he's going well, through with these things. What, what's going to happen here? God's going to help him get his heart right. That's right. It, maybe his heart right not right here, but God's going to help him get his heart right. And I think that's that's what we have to let God do in all of our circumstances. God's got to we got to let God get our hearts right. You know, in whatever in whatever task He's assigned for us to do, whether it's carrying a gun on a safety team or whether it's carrying a Bible into a Bible study. You know, what's my heart like? What am I looking? I've I've heard of of teachers and preachers. They have gotten themselves in trouble teaching a woman and getting in trouble with her because the heart wasn't right. They didn't allow God to work the problems out in the heart. And so they walked into a situation, maybe at first with good intent, but but it didn't work out that way because, because their heart wasn't right. We've got to put on our godly glasses and look at situations from a perspective, the same perspective that God would. Absolutely. And that's not always easy to do when we've got a whole box of solutions that we figure are pretty good ideas.
<laughs> That's you know? right. And we haven't even talked to God about any of them. We have pulled not one of them out of the box and said, God, what do you think? And then let him tell us what, what he thinks. Now, he's not going to come. He's not whispering in your ear, guys. That's not what I'm talking about. But to, but to let God, God will show up and tell you. He will make it known to you what, you, what is the right well, thing. Why did he give us his spirit? You think he gave us his spirit because he's not interested in, in, in being involved well, in our lives? what about someone who's not a member of the church, who's not a Christian, who's not ever put Jesus put Jesus first well, in their I mean, life? It goes, he, it goes, they still got a box of solutions as well. Well, and the, the, one, of the, one of the biggest things you've got to ask if you're not a member of the church is, you know, is there a God? Are these people who run around claiming to be Christians, claiming that this guy rose from the dead, is all that true or not? Because if it's true, then there's a God. And what about those guys that are preaching out there and preaching stuff that maybe is not biblical? How do you know that? You got to get, get in the word. You, you got. That's what we're here to help you to do. That's what we're. That's why we're. That's why we ramble on and on about this guy because we want you to try to help you to understand some of the thing, the concepts that we're trying to get across here. You know that you know, you got a box of solutions, and maybe the whole box is tainted. Maybe the whole box is tainted. Okay, and none of them are going to work because you didn't you didn't include God in any of them. If you're not in Christ. Your box of solutions is tainted. Is tainted. You're it's right. really it's really that simple. Simple as that. Your box of solutions is tainted. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you can't do good. Mm -hmm. You can. You're made in the image mm -hmm. of God, and sometimes we have that seen comes it. through. But we, we, the majority of your solution solutions, the majority of things you're going to do are not going to be good things. They're going to end up being bad things. We saw that just the other day, in a young lady, that that talked to us and and. She was starting to, God was starting to line up the strings in her mind. That's right. And fix them and get them. Because for a long time, her, her mindset was not, it, the solutions were not good. I mean, there was, they were, they were tainted. And, but, but the more she studied and she studied on her own, mm -hmm. read on her own, didn't have anybody helping her. She just opened the book and started reading. And so God started, started lining the strings up, straightening them out. And she's going, I got to do this and this. And if you're in the church and you're not reading, and you're not in prayer, you're not in constant communication with your father, your box of solutions it's is going to start to suck too. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's that simple. That's simple. That's it's simple. that simple. That simple. So Let's pray. All right. Father in heaven, thank you so much for, uh, for this story about Moses. Uh, there's a lot here that, that really applies to our lives. Uh, we, have, we have all kinds of ideas about what you would want us to do. We have all kinds of ideas. You know, there are people that are watching that have ideas about what they think life should be about, and how it should be accomplished, and how it should be lived. And maybe all of their ideas are wrong because they've never come to you and asked you for what you say that needs to be done. Father, I pray that you help all of us stay in the book. Help us to stay there and listen to you as you tell us what solutions you would require of us, what solutions you find are acceptable solutions in our lives. Father, help us to do that. And thank you so much for how you're going to train us and teach us.